Hello everyone, Tom here. I am excited to be back with you and I am excited to be back in a bigger and cooler way than ever. Infinite Boost is coming back and also on top of that I'm going to be streaming very consistently on Twitch. Every episode of the podcast will be recorded live on Twitch so if you would like to come ask questions interact with the guests and things of that nature i would strongly recommend doing that and if you haven't already join the discord because i will be announcing when we do recordings and other cool things that will be happening with the infinite boost tom community so be sure to check those things out again i'm very excited to be back and how we're starting things off back i have considered it and recorded a couple episodes and then decided to hit pause briefly once again so I have a couple episodes that I recorded about a month or a month and a half ago and now I'm going to be releasing those and everything moving forward will be uh, recorded live on Twitch so be sure to follow those links below come hang out and uh, I'm really excited to be back excited to be making content again I hope you guys uh, still have a place for me in your lives and in your ears and in your eyes for things that I put out because uh, I'm just really excited about putting my full force into doing what I can to create content. So this first episode is with a very active Rocket League community member. His name is Coltrane. He's very into editing and things of that nature and digital photography. So he talked a lot about those things in this episode. I'm excited to be releasing this one to you guys finally. Uh, thanks so much for uh, your warm goodbyes and hopefully uh, your warm hellos. All that being said, let's just get right into the episode. Very excited. Here we go. Colton, why don't you tell me a little bit about your Rocket League journey? Like, where did it start and where are you right now? Yeah, so it started not long after launch. It would have been summer of 15 after my freshman year of college. I didn't have a gaming console or anything of my own at the time, but I went over to a friend's house on my break and he was like, hey, there's this new game. It's called Rocket League. It's basically, you know, soccer with cars. I was like, that sounds pretty dope, actually. <laughs> so we played a little bit and I loved it. But then that was kind of it. And I played it, you know, off and on at some of my other friends' houses, you know, there, here and there, but didn't really get to dive into it much because I didn't have an Xbox or a PlayStation or a PC at the time. Then jump forward a couple years to my junior year, I moved in with some new roommates and one of them had a PS4 and he played Rocket League a lot. But so, you know, I would play on there with with my roommates and stuff. He didn't let uh, he didn't let us play on his, you know, I'll play on ranked classic. But so I played casual a lot. And then I remember when Rumble and Dropshot launched, we played that, those a lot. I got really good at, at Dropshot um, there for a while. So then about a year later, I finally did have the opportunity to get an Xbox of my own. So I bought an Xbox and Rocket League was like one of the first games I bought and, you know, finally had the opportunity to play, play ranked and stuff. And, you know, since I had a previous history of the game, I wasn't brand new. I placed into gold, which was, you know, it was fine. Not, not saying that gold's bad or anything, you know, but you know, for a new, a new player. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and then, you know, Rocket League, 
you know, it has a way of like, I don't know, it's almost addictive. Like there, it has a way of making that the only thing you do. It does have that way about it. Yeah. Um, so I climbed up to platinum pretty quick and, and plateaued. And I, about that time I, you know, got into watching, um, RL esports quickly became a cloud nine fan. But, you know, as I've learned all of the players, you know, I like, I like all of the team or most of the teams anyway, but I'm always a, I'm a cloud nine fan at heart. But so, yeah, so I played from there on out. I just recently was able to get a PC and almost immediately jumped up from, you know, plat two to, to diamond one. And now in the span of a few months, I'm up to, I'm up to diamond two. I, uh, have have hit champ but haven't quite solidified that yet so you have gotten into champ before i have um i've gotten i've gotten my champ rewards the last two seasons using rumble because again i'm pretty good at rumble because of because of all the time i spent playing it (laughs) um but and i i I usually sit recently i'm sitting between between diamond three and diamond two in standard, which is my main playlist. I'm terrible at twos. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been trying to play ones more, but I'm at gold two or so right there in ones. Yeah. So I actually noticed that your plat to platinum two, I think platinum two or three in twos, right? Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm about there. They stair step pretty evenly between ones, twos and threes. Yeah, that's pretty typical. I wasn't surprised to see that at all. So I'm curious, in terms of what you said just a little bit ago, the plateau that you had in Platinum, but then once you moved over to PC, do you still use an Xbox controller? I do use an Xbox controller. Um, the The DualSense, the PS5 controller is looking pretty sweet. It may have me change. Oh, right. Is that this holiday season? I think so. I think it's coming out this year. I might have to... I may have to try that whenever I need a new controller. But right now I'm playing with a Xbox controller. Yeah. It's funny that you said that. I might have to actually grab one of those if they if it does come out this holiday season. Just out of morbid curiosity. Because right. it looks more <laughs> like an Xbox controller. Yeah. The only difference is the, like the thumbstick layout is in the normal PlayStation spot, right? right? Yes. Yeah, that's going to be weird. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, I'm sure there will be controversy once that comes out if you're an Xbox, PS4, or PS5 controller user. Yeah. I have my old PS1 still, and they sell adapters on Amazon, and I have really wanted to try to get one of those adapters to plug in my PS1 controller to my PC and just try to play with a DualShock 1. Um, But I haven't done it yet. That would be interesting. I would would like to, you know, just let's go crazy and try it with an N64 controller. Let's just... Actually, I think Flimp has a video um, where he played... Has he done that? He did a N64, a GameCube, and... I think he had a joy, like a straight up joystick, um, like one of those fighter pilot joysticks. I know that um, Shogun has a video where he plays with like an arcade layout, like an arcade thing. And I've always wanted to try using a uh, racing wheel. Yeah, I I've wondered about that. That would be pretty bizarre. I would hate that. Yeah, probably. So let's go back to 
platinum, your platinum plateau, as you called it. But then once you got a PC, you got into diamond. Do you feel like anything changed or do you think it's just like the smaller player base on the PC? Like what, what do you think was a difference there? Well, so I kept cross-platform play on. Um, Okay. So I think what it really was, was I instantly felt faster because of the response time on a PC. And like at first it was, it was almost jarring, like how, how quickly everything moved, but I got used to it pretty quickly. Um, And then I think the other thing that really helped out was the access to the workshop maps. My issue has always been more mechanical than mental. Almost immediately after I started watching pro play, my rank did jump because I was rotating better and the rotation side of it, it's always clicked for me. I've never really had an issue with that but my mechanics are extremely inconsistent. Mm. So my issue has always been mechanical and having those workshop maps, I think really did help jump me really quickly from, from platinum to diamond. Sure. So which maps did you use? The, the dribble map. I don't remember exactly which one it's called. Like the dribble, the dribble map that everybody does. Yeah. Okay. I've not gotten terribly far into it because I haven't worked on my dribbles as much as like my aerial control. Um, mm-hmm. I have used like speed jump trials and and those other like the speed jump maps more. Oh yeah, working mm-hmm. on my aerial control. Those are the ones I use most are the the dribble challenge and the the speed jump trials. Nice. Okay, and then <clears throat> you feel like those really helped you take your game to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. My aerial consistency has gotten a lot better. Nice. How many hours a week would you say that you put into the game and how many of those are like practicing or do you practice a decent amount or do you usually just hop into games? What does that look like for you right now in terms of your time in the game? Yeah. So, so right now it's been, it's been lower than men in the past. I have stayed pretty busy as far as between work, finishing up school. I just graduated and also I got a Valorant key and Valorant is a lot of fun. Whoops. Plus doing like recording work and the virtual photography and stuff in Rocket League has like, I've got time in game, but I'm not really playing. Sure. So I'm not playing as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. When I was playing a lot, it was even even like right after I got my PC, I mean, it was probably 15 and 20 hours a week. Yeah. And now it's probably lower. Like it, it, it may not even be 10 hours a week right now. Sure. I have been playing more a little bit recently, but I'm still playing Valorant quite a bit. Mm-hmm. That game is very enjoyable to play. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's going to, you know, it's going to go down for a couple of days here in just a little bit. And, uh, I'll have no nothing else to play other than Rocket League for a little bit. There you go. Now, as far as like my practice routine or if I just jump straight into a game, it really depends on how much time I've got to play. Like if I'm going to, you know, if I'm just going to play one or two matches, then I'll probably just jump straight in. Yeah. If not, I will warm up in free play for a little while or and now and sometimes i will just go in specifically for training and i'll either just do like some training packs with free play and the workshop maps i'll just kind of bounce back and forth i don't really have a rigid schedule when it comes to that sure but then if i'm gonna play ranked i'll jump into free play for a little while just to kind of get warmed up and then 
I will go into ones and play a few ones games to like to really loosen up. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I'll usually queue threes and ones at the same time, unless I just really don't feel like playing ones. Then I'll turn off ones and just queue threes. But usually I'll queue both of them at the same time. How do you enjoy playing ones? There are certain days where it's it's really bad, and there are certain days where it's not too not not bad at all. Mm-hmm. I tend to keep a pretty level head, and but then sometimes, man, those kickoff goals. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not too bad. I know that ones are extremely beneficial both to your mechanical level and your like mental fortitude. And I definitely need the improvement on my mechanical side. So I've, re- I've really been forcing myself to, to play ones more often. And the more you play them, the more enjoyable it becomes for sure. What you just said is extremely interesting to me. Um, but I want to go back to kickoffs. <laughs> like, have you ever thought like, oh, I give up kickoff goals. Maybe I need to work on my kickoffs. I have. Like, have you ever taken time to like look at them? Yeah, I recently, and I say recently, it's probably been a few months now, watched Ranny's kickoff tutorial. Nice. You know, the the one's God, he's a freaking beast. And his his kickoffs are extremely effective. And so I've I've started trying to mirror his kickoffs. But then I also have like a, I have a ones kickoff and a threes kickoff. Because, you know, in ones, you want to win the ball on kickoff, whereas in threes, typically you want to lose the kickoff so that you have possession. And so I have different kickoffs, and that kind of, especially when I'm queuing both of them at the same time, like I'm not always doing both of them as effectively as I could if I was just focused on one. Yes. No, I I certainly understand that. And even you saying that, whenever I'm in a threes game, I always think about just trying to kill the ball <laughs> in a kickoff because I'm always thinking about how badly I do on my kickoffs when I play ones, like right. when I'm playing duels. So I, I, I always try and – and I would say that my kickoffs are – pretty subpar they're not very good so i'm always thinking about how i can improve them uh depending on uh which playlist i'm playing so it's it's very interesting that like you are uh self-aware enough to know that you want to do different things with the kickoff depending on what you're playing yeah and i definitely think that being even though my involvement was limited i was involved with arkansas state's rocket league team And so I picked up a lot of knowledge from that about kickoff strategy, especially because kickoffs are the only like set plays in Rocket League. Like with with soccer, you've got corners or free kicks or whatever that you have set plays. Rocket League doesn't have that. So it's literally just kickoffs. And that's the one place where you can actually have, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here kind of thing. And then with ones, it's, you know, it's completely different because you've got, it's just yourself. There's nobody else there. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a good way to think about it. And I joke all the time uh, with people that I play with. And Nito said this like way back. I think it was like she was the fifth episode or something a long time ago. And, you know, she said that she worked on our kickoffs a lot. uh, But one of her friends or somebody was like, oh, kickoffs are all luck. Like there's no skill involved. It's all just RNG. So whenever somebody has a bad kickoff or 
you know, something goes wrong like that. Oh, it's just RNG. Like you can't control it. Kickoffs are dumb. Don't worry about it. But obviously I think kickoffs are like, like you said, one of the most clear places where you can create advantage. Oh yeah. They're, they're definitely not RNG. No, not at all. Yeah. So I think a, a couple other interesting things you said, one was about, about ones, the more you play them, the more you enjoy them or something like that. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people out in the world that would completely disagree with you. And yeah, and I, I mean, I agree, but I think there's more that goes into it. So talk a little bit more about how the time that you spent has helped you gain an appreciation for ones. Yeah. So if your head's not in the right spot, then yeah, ones will annoy the crap out of you and playing that more will not make you enjoy it more. But if you, if you go into it with the intention of, you know, getting better, especially knowing how much ones can improve your mechanics, because a lot of the, a lot of the top pro players right now are ones players. Um, you know, you got scrub first killer and, uh, you know, fairy peak, they were all, they were all ones players. Mm. Um, and so there's some of the more mechanically gifted players in the scene. And, uh, you know, so if you go into it with the mindset of this is actually going to help me get better as a player, plus it's going to help me, you know, it's going to help me to keep my cool and not get tilted as easily. If you actually focus on that, then the more you play it, not necessarily like if you play, you know, 20 games over a day, but if you play it, you know, a few games over the course of a month, eventually you're going to not hate ones. Yeah. And I think, I, I think it's an excellent point. And, and what I could add to that is just understand that you're going to make mistakes. Exactly. Like things, things are going to go wrong. So going into a, a, a game, like I just hit diamond one, for the first time in ones uh like last week nice. and then promptly thank you and then promptly lost it again <laughs> um and i'm fine with that and i just being able to win games consistently enough to get there shows me that i'm improving right um, in ones is is a nightmare because there are those people that like so you're gold two and diamond two in threes. So you might have somebody that uh, is like below your skill level that is a platinum in threes hop into ones because they just want to try it for whatever crazy reason and you get matched up with them and that game's going to be really easy for you. But then you might get somebody that has never played ones that's a champ two that's completely unranked and then you're going to run into them exactly as yeah. a as a diamond player or a gold to ones player. And that game is going to be atrocious for you, but right. that's, that's just how ones works because it's so, it's such a small playlist. Yeah. So going into ones, knowing that a, you don't know who's going to be on the other side and B, unless you are literally the best player, you're going to make mistakes. You almost want to go like to improve. Yeah. But the way that you improve is figuring out what you're bad at. Exactly. And yeah. You figure that out by making mistakes. So look at those mistakes and don't be angry at them. Don't be frustrated by them. Just know that they're there and that gives you something else to work on. Like that that is where the 
replayability from Rocket League comes. It's not from just queuing game after game after game. It's being able to level up because you screw something up and now you have something else to work on. That's what makes the frustration go away when you just accept like you're, I'm not perfect. I have things to work on. And it's just a process of working on the things that you suck at instead of trying to win every game. Yeah, I think the one of the most frustrating things about ones is is like how high the score gets. Like it's you get scored on a lot in ones, but mm-hmm. then you also score a lot in ones if you're, yeah. you know. Um, and so that's demotivating for a lot of people is to yep. see that you know see that score line keep going up. And they may have scored eight goals, but you know if if you score nine, then you won, and it doesn't really yeah. matter how many they scored. Especially when you're watching them do it over and over, like. In one's, you know, a bad challenge or you miss the ball or whatever, and then you're chasing after the play and you just watch them casually hit the ball into your net, yeah. that can get aggravating. But again, you know, not focusing on each game individually, but your game as a whole, like you will live on past that mistake to then go to the replay, hopefully, or just, you know, immediately know what you screwed up so that when you go to free play or you go to the next game, you don't that make that mistake again. Right. And and also with ones, like as long as you can keep in the right headspace, no no lead is safe. Like that's something I always say about ones is, is no lead is safe. You can be up, yep. you know, six, seven, eight goals and, you know, five kickoff goals and two minutes later, they're in the lead. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't even matter. You just have to, you have to stay focused, but then on, you have to, if you're in the lead, you have to stay focused. But then if you're not in the lead, you can't let that get to you and you have to, you know, be able to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was watching uh, the Fusion Rocket League tournament today and I watched uh, Magic Bear and Rettles were doing their ones match and good God, Magic Bear is insane i don't know if you watched the rivals series at all this season uh but that kid that kid can play man he is he's no joke yeah i mean he beat rettles four to one in the series like he was and i i don't i've never known rettles as like a ones player specifically uh but like magic bear was was really just doing a lot of impressive stuff so it'll be exciting to see uh, you know, where where he goes with the game. But Rettles had a lead of two or three goals at times. And, and Magic Bear gave up leads, too, of two or three goals. And, right. you know, I'll have, I'll have people... I remember a ones game that I had last week or a couple weeks ago where a guy beat me, like, nine to five. Like, he beat me pretty soundly. And then we queued into each other again. And I got a lead on him. It was three, one with two minutes left and he just forfeit. <laughs> it's yeah, and it that just, you. that just blow my mind. Yeah. Like you don't forfeit a ones match. You Especially just with just a two goal lead. Yeah. And, or a and down much, two goals and that much time. Yeah. You mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be down four goals with three seconds in order to, to forfeit. And here's the thing. I, Honestly, like even when I'm getting blown out now in one's games, I could be down seven to one and I'm not going to forfeit because that is my greatest opportunity to try and improve. 
because I am playing somebody that is clearly superior than me. So I get to start thinking, what do what do I have to change or what do I have to do differently so that I can actually score a goal on this person? And that's, I mean, that's your greatest opportunity to improve right there. So even if you are getting blown out, like you might frustrate the other person and they might start horsing. I mean, if they're, if they just stop trying because they have so many goals and they let you start scoring, I mean, try and score a bunch and take the game, like steal the game from them. But like, you know, keep trying because it, that is one of the best opportunities to gain knowledge or understanding about how to get better at the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, So good for you for playing ones as you know annoying as it can be sometimes i really feel like there is there is a lot of value in it so let's keep rolling i'm curious uh now as somebody that's wavering in between diamond two all the way up to champ one how many seasons how many of the past seasons have you gotten into champ in threes oh no just this season this is Uh, the first one this is the first one that i've okay that I've hit it, um, in threes. Um, and I, you know, I dropped out pretty quick. Yeah. So I would say that I'm solidly a D2, D3. Okay. And then, but then I've gotten champ rewards in rumble the past two seasons. Mm -hmm. So how high have you been in rumble? What's your, like, what's your peak in rumble? I think that I, I think I've hit C2, but I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. Okay, cool. So what would you say, uh, and it, it, I think it's really interesting, congrats on getting champ for the first time, I'm sure. Thank you. Uh, getting, getting into champ, I will say, for the first time, that's a, that's a big deal because I know right. a lot of people, there's such a mental hump there for some people, like the first few times that they're kind of trying to cross that line. So once you do it, it's like the four-minute mile. It'll just yeah. keep on getting easier and easier. But uh, what would you what would you say like some of your biggest weaknesses are right now with Rocket League? Summed up, it's mechanical consistency. Now, I do think that my recoveries are pretty decent. I do have you know issues every once in a while where I'll botch a half flip or a wave dash or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as far as getting around the field, I I'm pretty quick, um, and my recoveries are pretty pretty decent. And I've gotten to where I can consistently hit the ball on an aerial. It's just, and I, I'm hitting it in the right direction. It's just not necessarily like exactly where I want it to go. Yeah. Um, and I do still like backflip a lot on my, on my quick aerials. Uh-huh. But it's, yeah, it's definitely like mechanical um, issues, just consistency. Um, you know, I can hit one shot at one point, but then the very next situation I'll, you know, shank it completely. Yeah. So in terms of like, if you were going to take some time to just practice, if you had a half an hour to get in the game, just to practice something, what would you do? What I have been doing as far as like training packs most recently has been doing, um, I've been doing a redirect training pack um, that's working on both my quick aerial consistency and then like, reading the ball and positioning my car for the, um, for the redirect. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's been what I've been working on the most, but then also, um, 
my ground car control could definitely use some work too. So I've been doing the, um, the dribble challenge some as well. Yeah. Have you ever tried Lethemir's, uh, ring challenge, the ring air control map? I tried it once and, and I did get a decent way through it. I don't remember exactly how, which, which one I made it to, but I did try it once and, and doing the, um, doing the speed trials as much as I have, as much as I have, I I feel like I did pretty decently with it. Um, definitely not as fast as, as other people would, but, oh, uh, sure. but I feel like I did pretty decent. I made, made it through the first few without, without messing up. Hmm. And so like for aerial obstacle courses and stuff, I feel like I do pretty okay. And then I get into the pressure of a game and it all just kind of goes out the window. Well, and you know, it's funny that you say that because I feel like that's something that I've been finding is one of my biggest weaknesses is I feel like I have my, I mean, like I've watched Forky or Evample do the Leth ring challenge and just freestyle through the entire thing. You know, they're just constantly spinning and, you know, I don't have that kind of car control, but I can at least like make my way through those maps. Right. So I know how to go at an aerial, you know, with reasonable speed. But one of my biggest weaknesses right now, one of the things that I'm working on the most is just reading the ball, like making sure that I'm going off, like taking off off of the ground in the direction where the ball is going, not where it is. Right. So that I'm not having to adjust, uh, you know, wildly in the air just so I can hit the ball. So like car control is one thing in the air is one thing. But then when you're putting a ball that is in motion with the five other people on the field that are also trying to make the ball go in a different direction, that really changes things up a little bit. Yeah, I say I can get to where I want to be. I just don't know where I want to be. <laughs> that is that is a very good way of putting it. That that's actually really funny. But yeah, that is that is a very good way of putting it. So this is this is not an opportunity uh, to moan and complain or throw shade on the rest of the Rocket League community. What are some of the biggest weaknesses that you see in teammates at your skill level? Like, you know, what are some if if other diamonds, you know, wanted to come to you and ask like, okay, what do I need to do to improve? What are some things that you would throw out to people? Yeah. So if we're going to base it off of last night's gameplay, um, quit chasing because that was really bad. But overall, you know, in, in diamond, you're starting to get a grasp of, or at least most people are starting to get a grasp of rotations, mm -hmm. but but Diamond is also a really weird melting pot where there are a large portion of people that have gotten there strictly on mechanics and have no idea how to rotate or how to position themselves. And then there are also people like me that have gotten there more on positioning and rotation than mechanics. Mm -hmm. And so when you get, you know, two, three people that have different, have total, totally opposite skill sets, then it completely clashes. Yeah. And so, and that's really like my matches from last night I had a few people that they could not rotate worth a flip. And what was that for, they, by the way? 
What was it? What was it? What what were those games from last night? Oh, that was just uh just me playing some ranked and uh actually I briefly dropped down to back to Diamond One and, and it was like it was almost night and day. Like as soon as I dropped down into Diamond One, ball chasers. <laughs> well, so I, I feel like the because you actually sent me some replays uh that I watched, but the teams had names. That may Hmm, okay, that may have just been a club match then. I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, because the your name was like Trash Blue or something like that against Yukon oh. Gray. Oh, so that was not what I thought I sent you. That was actually from um, from Indie. That was from IGL. Okay, that's what I figured. Uh, where shout out to IGL. Yeah, shout out to IGL. Where through a turn of events, I was the team captain, and one of my players hit D three right before the, or hit hits uh, champ three right before the season ended, b- before the the competitive season ended, and we were supposed to be a division two team, and then they did the rank verifications after the start of this current season, so they could not tell that he had only been champ three for a couple of days yeah. and you have to, or like maybe even a day and you have to, you're supposed to be for like five days, right? For like five days or so before you get moved up to the next division. Yeah. But since they couldn't tell that our entire team got moved up to the next, t- next division. So, so here I am a little diamond two mm-hmm. playing a up against champ three and GCs. And it was not fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense because I saw one guy on your team had a GC tag. Yes. And so we were able to, after we got moved up, um, we were able, I was able to find subs that were actually supposed to be in that division. And so that helped out a little bit where one of the guys from the A-State team came and helped me out as a sub. And that's who you saw with the the GC title. Okay. So those games were a little bit above your understanding or like where you're normally at. And the ones I thought I sent you, I definitely played a lot better than I probably did in those. Well, uh, that's, that's really interesting. Um, That's, that's really funny that that was the case because, um, one of the things that I really noticed in that game was you really just seemed to be a few steps behind everybody. Yeah. I was talking to one of the other guys in my group that I play with, and uh, he was mentioning that I have gotten a lot faster from playing with the the higher level people. Well, I'm sure. And like I said, my, my recoveries have always been pretty, or not always been decent, but since I started working on my recoveries, they've been pretty decent. And so I have had a higher speed than my rank typically. It's just what kept me or what has kept me there is the actually finishing the shots and stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit now that that's kind of out in the open and and we're all on the same page in terms of you just, uh, you know, obviously no offense, but just being a little out of your class no, playing, right. playing against will. a bunch of C threes and grand champs as a, as a diamond three diamond two. So what can you as a player take away from that? Or what was your experience like of that 
what did you see from them or how did you feel about those games that were just different about your normal games? Yeah, so with the with the games from for against Yukon specifically, I could tell that they were easily GC um all all three of them. They um they were beating us to the ball every time. Yeah. Um like they were, you know, they had aerial passes and everything. It was it was nuts. Um so they were definitely a lot quicker on aerials and they had a lot higher pressure um than we were putting up. I don't know. It was just their rotations were on point. They they were very quick and they just always they were always there at the ball. Like we'd get there, but we were there like a half a second too late because they were beating us. Mm-hmm. So after after those games and experiencing that, and you can take a second to think about it, or if you can think of something like right off the cuff. You know, what what would you take away from that and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to work on now? Like, what what are the things that you would go into immediately to be like, okay, this is what I need to practice now. And this is how I'm going to do it. Like, what would you do? I think that it really confirmed that I have to work on my, my reads, knowing where the ball is going to be and when it's going to be there, you know, making that calculation faster so that I can get there quicker. Mm. And so working on, I mean, like the redirect pack that I mentioned, plus um, a lot of other like aerial packs, backboard reads and stuff like that is what I've been working on um, just so I can try to uh, more quickly calculate where the ball is going to be and how to meet it there. Mm -hmm. And so I would take that a step further because I think, and I've been working on redirect type things as well, just to like get comfortable with hitting the ball in different ways, which I think is extremely valuable. And I would almost take that a next step and something that you can do in your own games right now that, you know, would give you an advantage because I will say that you like your, your speed matched um, it's, it's really interesting. And this is something that I've been working on myself, like your speed in terms of like speed of play matched their speed. Like they, like you kept up a consistent pace throughout the game. Uh, the difference was like, they just got to the ball a little bit faster. If that makes right. sense. Like you were playing, yeah. like you were moving around the field fast, but you were not getting to the ball as fast as they were. So the next step in that is like in those games, it almost looked like you were like ball chasing, but not ball. Like you were just kind of chasing the game around the field. Like, Oh, the ball's there. Somebody's already here. And then it goes over. Like you were just trying to, you couldn't get your head straight. So it's almost thinking about like, and, and this is a big practice that, you know, not a lot of people talk about, but it's, it's almost like, being in a chess match where you have to be two steps ahead, like, okay, that guy's going to hit it there. Then you start looking there and then you see that person over there. They're probably going to get a touch. So I need to go over here. Like, so playing that game of like being where the game is going 
or at least where you think it's going, like you can guess wrong and that's fine. And then you just rotate. And as you said, like you understand rotation, which is great. So then taking that to the next level of like rotating yourself where you think the game is going as opposed to like where it is right now so that you can prepare yourself for what's next. Right. And with that match, I definitely did know that I was way in over my head. Like I was looking back at it, I was like scattered, panicky, and it was not pretty. <laughs> um, there was, however, there was actually a series that we won. They were, the team was consisted more of champ threes than GCs, but, but we did actually win a series in, in the, the season playing a, you know, a division higher than we should have. And what, what do you think, or how do you think you might have shown up differently in that series than the ones that you sent me? So in that one, and I don't know if maybe it was just because UConn was so much faster, um, like faster getting to the ball. I personally was a lot more level-headed in the the series that we won. And looking back, I kind of popped off. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it was... Maybe it was the first series of the season. And so maybe it, it had to some some to do with the expectation because we walked in knowing that we were outmatched. And so I didn't necessarily expect to win. And so I was playing a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. And then after that, after that series, you know, I was like, you know, maybe we could actually pull this off. And we <laughs> lost all of the other series. Yeah. So do you feel like the by the end of that Yukon one you were a little frustrated yeah for sure the Yukon was actually the last match of the season but we I, and i think we we were kind of defeated already going into that match yeah. because we were because we were we knew that even if we won it we probably weren't going into playoffs mm-hmm. um because we had lost all the other ones and then even after that first game it was I mean, it was night and day between them and us. They were just so much quicker to the ball. And and they, I mean, they swept us 3-0 um, because after that, especially after that first game, we we were not in a good headspace. Yeah. And so we just didn't play. We played even worse the second and third game. Right. It got to a point where it seemed like you were just demo hunting. <laughs> like, yeah, I probably was for a second. Colton doesn't look like he wants to hit the ball right now. We did almost take a game in the third game um it was it was tied at one point and we may have been up a goal and then they scored two more real quick and and it was all over yeah so how do you and i think this is the interesting thing so many people just say spend more time in free play spend more time in free play to improve and and to get better at the game so after experiencing something like that uh, how do how do you think that you would go into free play and like practice in there, spend time in free play to improve that you might not have thought of in the past? Do you look at Rocket League any different after this season of playing with people that are in just a different place than you with the game? Yes and no. I think that I have known for a while where my weaknesses were and what I needed to work on. It's just actually implementing that. Mm -hmm. And, and then you just have to be more patient with it. 
I expect to see results after like, you know, two days and, and it's not going to happen like that. It's not going to be that quick. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have known for a while that my reads need work. And, and so that's what I've been working on. It's just, I'm not seeing the results yet. And maybe I'm not working on them as, you know, effectively as I could, or as, you you know, as, as religiously as I could. Sure. And, and that may be a large part of why I'm not seeing the, the growth that I'm necessarily wanting. But then again, you know, I haven't been playing a whole lot overall recently anyway. So Sure. So let me, let me take that to a different arena, but the same kind of thing, being an editor and even like on the photography side of things, like just creating content in that way. How do you how do you look at things from video to video? Like what kind of goals do you create for yourself or what kind of like inspirations do you take to like up your skills or make yourself better at what you do on a consistent basis? Like what do, what does that look like for you in terms of creating a skill base? I try to look at, you know, people that are established in the scene and and kind of emulate them like with with the virtual photography I follow a lot of like like real photography accounts on Twitter. I'll also like a bunch of other v- virtual photography accounts. And so I'm always, you know, my timeline is full of just images. And uh and so I'm like looking to see, you know, how can I frame something different? How can I how can I edit it a little bit different, you know, do some better color correction or something like that. And so I I'm looking at, you know, people that are better than me and trying to figure out what I can learn from that. And it, you know, it goes into the same thing with like editing too. Um, You know, I, I really enjoy watching Linksy's videos and Zeke's and stuff like that. um, Because I mean, there's some of the best editors out like clip editors out there right now. And uh, I mean, Linksy is just freaking insane. And so I try to, you know, emulate that, you know, what can I do as far as like, planning my shots better to where the transitions work out even better or the color correction, stuff like that too. So then how do you, how do you look at it in terms of like working on a video? I almost look at that as the same as a rocket league game. Like you in rocket league, you have five minutes to do the best you can and win. And a video, like the goal is to actually put something out. Right. So how do you, what is, what is the mindset that you have in terms of putting everything that you can into that video, knowing that you're going to release it and then being able to look back on it and, you know, this is what went well, this is what didn't well go well, this is how I'm going to improve. Like, what is, what does that cycle look like for you right now? So I'd say that when I'm going into a new project, I try to consciously implement the feedback I've received on my previous project. So it immediately, you know, so it definitely gets at least a step better um, and a step in the right direction. And then also apply, you know, the stuff that I've learned that I did do right in the previous video. And then I also know that there are people out there that are better than me and they'll, you know, they'll, they will have feedback and critiques as well. And so I have to go into that knowing that, 
I mean, I'm probably going to mess up something and I'll just use it as, you know, the stepping stone to the next project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's always something new to work on. Right. That's for sure. And, and I'm quite the perfectionist. And so that is something that's pretty hard for me. Not that I don't take feedback well. I just, I want it to be done right the first time. And so I've, you know, feel like I suck when it's not, when it's not right. And that's the tricky thing, especially on something like YouTube, things are so in the moment. Like you feel like you're putting out a Mozart symphony, but really you're, and you know, some of my videos still get views, but really it's, it's no, it's just a blip in time of like where you're at at that moment. Right. Like, you have another opportunity to get better. Like it's, it's almost like, you know, YouTube is a whole different degree that you're, it's almost like an internship or apprenticeship. You know, you're learning as you're going. Are you familiar with Casey Neistat at all? That name does sound vaguely familiar. He's, he kind of revolutionized or kind of established what vlogging is Gotcha. for the platform. And this yeah. was probably like four or five years ago now, but you know, it, and you can see how he evolved over time. Like if you watch one or two of his first videos, they are good. But then you go 200, he put out a daily vlog for like a year and a half in a row, right? So if you go a year into the future, there's so much more polish and cleanliness and flow to his videos. Right. And when you're sitting in a project, like you're just thinking about that one thing and how perfect you want it to be. You're not thinking a year out knowing that you're going to put out 40 or 50 more and that you're just going to be building that skill. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just the same as Rocket League. As long as you're taking the time to be like, okay, this is what I like. This is what I didn't like. This is what I'm going to fix. And this is how I'm going to do it the next time. Exactly. Yeah. You always have to be mindful of, of what you're doing and what choices you're making. And then you know, keep those in your memory bank so that you, you know, act on them next time. Amen. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you're not growing, you are decaying. Uh, there is there is no like staying where you're at. Right. So I, I definitely appreciate uh, what you have to say there and making sure that you're always focused on what's next. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, well, I, again, really appreciate you taking some time to come chat with me about Rocket League. I'm, I'm curious, do you have, and I, I obviously know that you have a lot on your plate and are working on other things, but like, do you, do you have any goals for season 14 or season 15 with Rocket League about where you'd like to be, or you're just along for the ride? So... I'm expecting this season to be the one where I get my champ rewards in standard instead of rumble. So I have not done my rumble placement matches yet, at least not all of them, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'll just, you know, I'll use that as my safety net if I have to at the end of the season. Yeah. But I'm really hoping to get my champ rewards in standard this season. And then, you know, by, by 15, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll be C2, C3. You know, maybe he even have like, you know, dabbled in GC a little bit, hopefully. But yeah, but I'm not, but I don't know. He's, he's going off. He's I'm, getting I'm there. Hopeful. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I would love to get there and 
right now I'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Sometimes that is all you can do. Yep. Cool, man. Well, I will, we will certainly have to update everybody on how that's going. And uh, so I kind of have been gaming the system in terms of the seasons because they've been doing rocket passes recently along with the seasons. Right. And this rocket pass is done like the first week of July. Yeah, that's I think. true. Okay. So I think there's probably like what a little, just a little over a month left. Yeah. That's probably about right. Yeah. A month is a long time. That's a lot me, of stuff can change in a month. For sure. So good luck on doing that. I'm sure we'll have many conversations about it moving forward. Yeah. Uh, But I'm going to start winding down the show in the typical fashion. So Colton, if you have any final thoughts for the Infinite Boost audience, now is your opportunity. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, people are people are too hard on themselves. And this is speaking from experience because I'm too hard on myself. You have to know, I mean, it's just a game. So, you know, we're, our goal is to get better, but it's okay if you mess up. And, uh, you know, go, go play some ones a little bit and you'll, you'll figure out exactly where your mistakes are. But, you know, you got to know that that's okay. And that just helps you grow better as a player. Nice. Good one. I like it. Uh, where can people find you out on the internet? Yeah. So I am on Twitter and Instagram at Colton Overturf. It's K-O-L-T-O-N-O-V-E-R-T-U-R-F, all lowercase, no spaces. And I'm, I'm more active on Twitter, but I do post my virtual photography and some graphic design and stuff on Instagram. A lot of that does get posted on Twitter as well, but, but you can follow me both places and, and, uh, don't ever be afraid to reach out. Nice. And then uh, last but not least, a question for the audience. Okay. You know, this is going to be real simple. But, uh, you know, what is your favorite arena in Rocket League? And it can be any of them. I mean, it could be any of like the Rocket League or the Rocket Labs maps if you want. But yeah, just what's your favorite arena in Rocket League? What's your favorite arena? Mine currently is probably Forbidden Temple because that one, like, just like aesthetically, it's just gorgeous. Yes. They they really uh, set the bar high with that one. Oh, for sure. I do really like the, the Trani vibes of the Rocket Labs. Yeah. But, but Forbidden Temple is definitely my favorite right now. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what's next. Yeah, because Forbidden Temple is just so pretty. And, you know, hopefully they quote unquote, learn their lessons with Salty Shore daytime (laughs) and how I do really like the Salty Shore night. Um, I love Salty Shore night. That's actually my training map right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it it was mine whenever it came out. And then I switched to Forbidden Temple when that one came out. Yeah, I think uh, DFH is is probably my favorite map right now. DFH is a good one. I really mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the field layout on that one. Yes, it is. I mean, a lot of them are just really nice. That's, That's a true. good question. Yeah. I will be intrigued to see the answers on that. And if you want to answer that question, you can obviously uh, hit us up uh, on Twitter 
which will be linked down in the show notes. Uh, you can join the Discord, which has still been reasonably active. I've, it, I've been pleasantly surprised that people have continued to join the Discord, and it's been a little bit quiet since I made my fake shutdown. And I mean, it wasn't <laughs> fake, but, but now the comeback, hopefully things will start uh, lighting up there a little bit again. Um, so join the Discord and uh, hang out and, and chat there and, and let us know what you're working on. Um, let us know what your favorite map is and all of those good things. Uh, there is a lot of good folks still in that Discord that I'm sure will continue to be in there uh, now that we're going again. So yeah, that is that. Colton, again, thank you so much for all the things. Thank you for being willing to chat some Rocket League uh, with me as well. And as always, thank you for the boost.